Welcome to the Hook and Ladder podcast, bowl game review, college football playoff, national championship game preview. Wow. <clears throat> and we're, we're pretty much done with the, the college football season with Colin O'Donnell. I'm Justin Santoup. Um, probably two more episodes left, this one, and then uh, our, our final wrap, and we'll give out all our awards and all types yeah. of shit at the end of the season. But uh, Colin, how are you? How was your, your Christmas week, your vacation? Was it much of a vacation? Not much, but it's good to be back. I mean, had a couple uh, weeks off, I guess a week and a half off of uh, podcasting as we watched the bowl games. Yeah. You know, uh, saw saw limited amount of family members, not really much, but it was nice. It was a nice break. What about you? It's good. Uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, bowl game picks, not great, you know? Yeah, just of, about just about how the rest of the season's gone. Yeah, we've kind of puttered along. It hasn't been terrible, you know. If you're picking the right ones, you're doing well. But if you bet every play, you you lost money. Uh, we're sorry for that. Uh, we lost money too. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes. So here's I was actually getting like curious about it because I've really started to track everything. So I've tracked college football, I've tracked college basketball, golf. I track everything, and I've been looking at other like pro- like professional gamblers, the people that really publish their picks. They have losing seasons, you know, like there will be seasons where they go, you know, plus 20 units, and then some seasons they go minus four units. Like, it happens. Um, I'm not sure what we are. We're probably like minus 11, minus 12, like something <laughs> like that. It was rough, but it is what it is. You know, um, we, we, we provide more than just gambling. Right. Also, sick new logo out. Yes. Yes, thank you, Ellen. Yes, so good shout-out to Colin's sister, who's incredibly talented. Um, the logo's awesome. If you like the logo – like the fucking podcast, rate, review, subscribe, do whatever the hell you got to do. We got we're up to six uh, six five star ratings now. Good, you know, make it seven, make it eight, and if you if you leave a review, we're gonna we'll read the review live on the pod starting next whenever we, we come back next year. Like uh, we we what we need to do is we need to be more creative. I was I think. thinking about it, like a Twitter. Yeah, we should get a Twitter. We should we should be we need to be more creative with how we market this. Yeah, thing. yeah, I agree. And uh, this was a trial run this year. You know, we, we, we decided to start it. I think we, you know, when, when we're big and we're, we've got a nice, nice setup in New York yeah. where we come in, we got TVs all around and we come in and this is the only job we're doing. You know, that, that people will go back and they'll listen to this. I'm like, damn, these guys really sucked a while ago. <laughs> yeah. So we got to, there, there are things that we need to do, but you know, I think, I think the first thing that we should be really proud of, and I think we should we should pat ourselves on the back here, we fucking made it through the goddamn season. We did it. We did it every week. Uh, we, we were we, we tried to be as timely as possible. Uh, I think we were. I, I, I'll take responsibility. I, mean, I was a little late sometimes with the editing, um, but we made it every week. Um, most weeks we did a pick and and a review. And uh, you were telling me like a, a few months ago, like most podcasts don't make it. No, they don't through, you know, a few, few episodes. We made it through a full season. Um, we're going to try to think about how we want to – how we're going to do some college basketball stuff in the offseason because we don't want to have, like, such a big gap. But we're still working through the kinks of that. Um, but right now we're still full-on college football. we got one game left. I've got my Alabama future that I gave out episode one. Did and um, He has that Mac Jones Heisman pick that he gave out. I have that. That's not, well. not going to hit. I, hope that, I, I, I honestly hope Devontae Smith wins it. Yeah, me um, too. Because, but that was an impressive. That was an impressive pick. Yeah, thank you. I was. You know, we're gonna have to go back and listen and see see how we did. I mean, the other, for what's worth, the other Heisman pick I gave out was was Malik Cunningham, and I gave out was it the J T Daniels? 
Uh, you know what, Colin? You shouldn't be upset about that one because that was not your fault. Yeah, it was Kirby Smart. But if he if 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 he had started from the beginning of the season, who knows the kind of number he could probably could have put up numbers like Kyle Trask did, right? Yeah, I mean. Georgia has a better defense. They definitely would have been in the SEC championship. Yeah. I can't – we should – we're going to think about it um, next week. Throughout – like, we should talk about it this weekend. Like, there are some things that we should go back. We should think about, like, our favorite hits yeah. in the year. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, have, we'll yeah. have a nice little celebration exactly. podcast. <laughs> That's what we'll do. All right. Um, first game we gave out. We gave out uh, – I gave out Marshall plus four and a half. You gave out Buffalo minus four and a half uh, on Christmas Day. Buffalo hit. Um, I mean, uh, before we even get into it, um, we head into the championship game. Collins fifty three and sixty on fifty four and sixty one. We are both nine and ten in bowl season. So the 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 season long race is going to come down to this championship game. If we have separate picks, I'm not sure we do. Um, we'll try to. We will try our best to. I think be. Opposite sides, yeah. yeah, opposite sides, yeah. Ending, ending tie is like a... it's it's a soft dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that out, but it's it's it, you know what no one wants it. It's it's like a I, I don't know how else to how to describe it. It's just no, but nobody wants to end in the tie. Limp ham, handshake. All right, um, Waddle set to return for national title game. Is he really? That's one of the big articles I'm seeing right now. Wow. All right, we will get into it. We'll get into the national title game towards the end of the pod. Um, we're gonna build up in chronological order. So Buffalo beat Marshall 17 to 10. Did you have any takeaways, Colin? Marshall fired the head coach. Yes, they did. Um, it said they said it came from above, not the athletic director. Yeah, I heard that the West Virginia governor was actually involved. Why? It's West Virginia, man. It's a small state. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like from what I heard, I think is it Jim Justice or something? I don't know. Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. No, no, no. The, the, West, the West Virginia. Oh, that governor. sounds right. Jake, my my buddy Jake was talking. Jim Justice. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I guess he he went to Marshall, so mm-hmm. he's a pretty big booster. Okay. And I'm seeing like it, like he was like, "Get him out of here." Why? So, you look at the I was, I was, so I was looking at it, and Marshall's kind of like this is what this is from Marshall fans. So obviously. They have an inflated sense of being as every sure. other fan thinks they're the best. Sure. You know? Marshall's one of the only teams that is left of the old CUSA. Okay. Like back in the day, it used to be Marshall, Louisville, Louisville mm-hmm. UCF, like Houston. Yep. Um, Cincinnati, USF. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 All those teams. And Marshall's one of the old guard. They're one of the last teams left. Okay. And they're kind of mad. They think – SNU. Sorry. Yeah. They think of the – the teams that are in there, like they should not be losing games to FAU or Western Kentucky. Like Marshall is a very long football history, and that's kind of their opinion. They're like, we should be winning the con- Conference USA every year, and we should be next in line to move up. Like okay. Marshall, Marshall's opinion is that when the American, when Cincinnati gets swooped up by the Big Twelve. Yeah. The Americans should be calling Marshall. Okay, that's kind of delusional, but <laughs> yeah, well that's that that's that's the thinking and the thinking is they they're not winning Conference USA, it's not good enough. 
Conference USA is down, and it is down. It's one of the worst conferences. Probably it is the worst conference. And uh, it's one of the worst, yeah. It, this yeah, year maybe was. the max. This year it was. Yeah. But, yeah, so they, they, they really – I mean, the MAC beat them. Yeah. Yeah, Buffalo beat Marshall, yeah. so. I mean, yeah, so they, they – uh, they, I guess they're not happy with the constant good. They want to be great. You know how that turned out in Nebraska. Yeah, no, it's some of the dumbest. Honestly, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. This was this is as surprising as it gets, um, in my opinion. I feel like there had to be more there. Yeah, right? I mean, this is a guy who, who won a lot in Conference USA. Yeah, who and just got a freshman quarterback right now. Yeah, and and got him to fifteenth in the country at one point. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it surprised me. The comments I was reading was pretty much that. Marshall believes they should be better than this. Uh-huh. They've been like good to mediocre, but they want to be above that. They want to, they want conference USA titles. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that this is more like kind of speculation rumors, mm-hmm. but pretty much there's a on like forums and stuff that mm-hmm. the good players at Marshall were allowed to run wild in practice. Interesting. You don't like to see that. No, you don't. And so something a good player may do may get away with it that somebody like a walk-on would not. But that's all speculation, so you don't yeah. know how Being true any of that is, all rumors. Right. Um, as is, it's just – it's weird. <laughs> like, it, it, it's weird. You know, the guy went and got Marshall to 15 in the country, started 7-0. Yeah, they had the shitty finish. But you just – you don't see, like – when you have a guy that's been there and been successful for a long time and a long track record of success, especially in the group of five in college football, you just don't, you don't see that happen. Yeah. It's weird. Um, for the football game, Buffalo won. Uh, Jared Patterson didn't play, right? He, I don't think he did. They were running some other cog the entire yeah, game. Uh, Kevin Marks Jr. was yeah. running for he, – he had a good game. He had a great game. 138 yeah. yards, a touchdown. Yep. Um I don't really have anything else on the game. I mean, this kind of played out similar to what I thought. Okay. Me Marshall, too. Marshall, Marshall has a good defense. Buffalo has a good defense. Yeah. But Grant Wells is not great. And when you can rely on a running game, then Grant Wells ended up winning. I, I mean, it was a close game. Marshall had a turnover. or Buffalo had a turnover. Marshall did not. Yeah. Do you remember how this game ended, Colin? Uh, so Buffalo has the ball at the three-yard line, and they take they, they sit on the ball the first time. Marshall's out of timeouts, and they make it seem like they're going to run the clock down and kick the field goal. And then they decide to just run in for a touchdown with a minute left, which I thought was really dumb. I had no problem with them wanting to run in for the touchdown, but why not sit and take a knee? Like, Marshall wanted them to score. They could have waited an extra 45 seconds. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Good for me. Yeah, very good for you. Buffalo covered. Honestly, the game played out just so I expected it would too, and it was like, it was it was it, a toss up at the end. It, it played out of Vegas expected as well. Was was Vegas on? No, four and a half. Like right in the middle yeah, of how this really game could have could have gone. Um, but no surprise. Good way for Buffalo to end the season. Lance Leipold has done a really good job there, and I think, I'm surprised he's still there. And I think he's well, apparently he was number two for the Illinois job when they went to Bielema. Interesting. So, on to the next one. Uh, Buffalo's AD. 
has done a really nice job. Very good job. Yeah, Buffalo basketball has yeah. been solid. They're still solid right now, even after moving on Hurley and, and Oates. Like they put if you're if you have head football coaches that win in your league, and then not even football coaches, head football and head basketball coaches that win in your league and then get a job in a power five conference and continue to be successful, you know you're doing a really good yes. job. And that's what he's done, right? I mean, Bobby Hurley's been really successful for Arizona State, having a shitty year this year, but he's gotten him the tournament a bunch and Obviously, Nate Oates is doing big things at Alabama. They're, they're a top 25 team. So, exciting stuff for Buffalo. And I think Lance Leipold, like, man, he's – You think he's gone? No, not 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 this year. I mean, they. I don't yeah. see a school hiring him now. I don't yeah. know. I think, I mean, I think, I think there's going to be – Filled. Like, the coaching carousel is over pretty much. I think it was a weird year. I think he's going to have one more successful year and then – I think I think there's still more to come out, like – um, the Marshall job was, yeah, but came that, open today. But that's not a better job than both. No, it's not, but I'm just saying. You know which, which is interesting? Do you think Houston, speaking of coaching, and we'll get to Are Texas, they going to move? Are they going to move Holgerson and try to get Herman back? Like, I was that's talking a, to my dad that's about a weird, that, that would, That's weird. I know they didn't like how Herman left. Yeah, but Herman was awesome yeah. there. And they they should not be they should be up there in the American they should be a top three. I think I, I don't think they can I don't think they have the equity to move on Holgerson this soon. Two un, two underwhelming years from Daniel. Holgerson. I, I think I think I expect you by you the way. you, you have you have to give him a third year if yeah, you're Houston. You, but after that, I could see them moving on. I, I'm trying to figure out like what a good. I don't know. It's like light bulbs could be a uh, yeah. I don't know. He's 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 a Big Ten country guy. Yeah, he that was, is he true. Was Wisconsin, and then like he's a guy who I thought would have been a good fit at Illinois, and I could see him at like a Purdue after they inevitably move on from Jeff Brom. Although yeah, they, Jeff really Brom is making a ton of money, but he's you know not a very good football coach in my opinion. Anyway, we digress. Um, Saturday the twenty sixth, uh, Georgia State blew out Western Kentucky. I was dead wrong on that. Um, what, did, what did I tell you about uh, Western Kentucky? Bunch of bums. Although <laughs> it's another instance of the Sun Belt beating the conference. Yes, that Georgia was Belt. that was that was kind of my thinking. Is well, also that Western Kentucky's been got off all year. Yep. But the Sun Belt has surpassed Conference USA as the third best group of five. Yep. And Conference USA is now fourth. I and it's probably the second best group of five. Better than the Mountain West? I think the Sun Belt had a better year than the Mountain West this year. Coastal, Louisiana. They might be. They and might. Then, think about what Ball State did to San Jose State in the bowl game. Like, it's, Well, yeah, but San Jose State had nine, ten opt-outs. Right? Like, they, they were they, – that was a limited team. Interesting. Anyway, um, I didn't watch any of this game. You know, you were talking about Saturday, December 26th. It's a, it's a college basketball Saturday. Like, uh, yeah, uh is, this is, I think there's not much more to say than it. it's a good performance for the Sun Belt. Georgia State has been a program on the rise recently. Six and four. This team was, when I played NCAA 14, I played as Georgia State because they were the worst team in in college football. They were they were underdogs to FCS schools maybe three years ago, and I think the FCS schools covered in those games. Hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Like, how, how disrespectful yeah. does it have to be when Kennesaw State comes into your building and whips up on you? Yeah. Like, it's not North Dakota State. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was a really good year for Georgia State. Good way to finish it off. 
two of their three losses to Louisiana Lafayette by three and App State by four, like Arkansas State by a touchdown. Like the only game that really was not that, that they had no chance was the Coastal loss, and we obviously know how good Coastal was this year. So that's a really successful year for Georgia State. And, I mean, I got to look in and see who's returning, but they're going to be a factor, I would assume, next year yeah. in the Sun Belt at the top of the conference. Um, another Sun Belt Conference USA game, Louisiana 31, UTSA 24. Really impressive job by UTSA. Their coach was out with COVID. Um, they were down 24 to 7 at one point, and I was counting my money on yeah. Louisiana. I thought they were going to oh, roll them. Oh, you placed them. on this? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I thought Louisiana was going to roll them, and they didn't. Um, UTSA came back and, and made it interesting. And um, I mean, they, UTSA had a rise. Well, so it, what's really interesting is like this was UTSA's first year. New regime, ton of new covers. Yeah, uh, on the cover cover three has been harping on this guy. I, I don't know his name, the UTSA coach, a lot mm-hmm. because I guess he's like a he's like a classic Texas guy. Jeff Trailer. Let me see. Yeah. Does he look like a classic Texas guy? Yep. Yeah, I think he was saying his wife was like hotter than. Uh, I don't even know what he said. It was it was a very classic Texas quote, and they were talking about it. But UTSA had a really impressive season, seven and five, being able to get. He is a classic Texas guy from Gilmer, Texas. Played at Stephen F. Austin, started his career as an assistant coach at Big Sandy High School, then went to Jacksonville High School in Texas, then was the head coach at his alma mater, Gilmer, Texas. Was the special teams coach for Texas, the running back coach for SMU, running back coach for Arkansas, and then the head coach for UTSA. So. Texas through and through. Yeah. Um, seven and five is impressive to get 12 games mm-hmm. in this season is very impressive. Mm-hmm. And also when you look at this, they lose close to UAB. They lose close to BYU. Yeah. They lose close to Army. The only real game they got beat in is FAU. And after that, they rattled off three straight wins down the season. Like this is a good team. Yeah, and didn't quit against Louisiana, and we know Louisiana is a very yes. good football team. Only loss was to Coastal this year, beat Iowa State. Like Louisiana is real deal. Um, and I was honest, I was surprised they didn't finish the job and roll UTSA. I mean, a win is a win, but Louisiana has really become the, the, the cream of the crop in the yeah, Sun for a while. Napier's back, right? I, we think. I mean. I don't know where else he would go. I mean, they're, the Sun Belt is really a conference on the rise. So I'm, I would, I'm trying to think of like a like Napier's going to end up coaching the SEC. Yeah, right. It's just hard to envision which SEC job is going to open up. I mean, Ole Miss is committed to Lane Kiffin long term. It seems like Tennessee is going to be the job, but yeah, Tennessee, they're not. Tennessee is the job. But we know how they how like Pruitt. I don't think Pruitt's getting fired. Yeah, but but he's a he's a southern guy. That I feel like the the knock or why the fans were so anti Greg is because Greg's not a southern guy. He's not, but he also killed it in Florida. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, that, that that's not like. But the thinking, the win, you thinking, the thinking in, if you win in the, the SEC, SEC is like we're the SEC, we're the best conference in yeah. the in the country. Yes. We need somebody who knows how to do it our way. Bring somebody from the Big Ten. Is the Big Ten's overrated? They don't want anybody from the North. I think that's a thinking. Yeah. Not saying it's right. Yeah. Well, and and there is legitimacy to it on in some recruiting. Way. Well, like so, Bielema is a guy who was super successful at Wisconsin and then didn't 
quite win. You know, at, he was pretty good at Arkansas. Arkansas. I wonder what Arkansas ceiling is. He was so he was good at Arkansas, but we we've seen Arkansas be a top ten team in college football under Petrino. And yeah, I I, I'm, I wonder what Arkansas ceiling is in the new SEC. I think Arkansas soon is a top ten team. There is not an SEC team other than, I mean, I don't want to say Vanderbilt because I don't know what the hell Clark Lee's gonna be able to do there. But like every SEC team, if you run through, they've had their years where they've popped up and been a top ten team because they can recruit. Because they can recruit. They're yeah, all the same. Yeah. They're all the same like big ass Southern. Have you seen? Teams. Have you seen uh, Clark Lee's hires? I heard. So he hired somebody as the GM. He, he hired Barton Simmons was from Cover Three. Seven guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he hired him. He he's like the Barton, Barton's like the uh, he's the like recruiting coordinator for twenty four seven. I think that was actually a really good hire. Brilliant. I'm sure he's got tons of relationships. Um, like all he, over, he hired, all over he hired Syracuse's special teams coordinator, who I think Syracuse had the best special teams in the ACC. Okay. Uh, he took he hired Wisconsin's D line coach for his D line. Wisconsin like isn't isn't that wild though that he yeah. Yeah. Took Wisconsin's D line coach like that's yeah. a lateral move. Uh, one could say it's, it's a backwards. Move, it's a yeah. backwards move. Yeah, for the same job. Yeah, and then I mean, unless he he must be from. No, he's not. He's the only one that's not. He also took Louisville's running back coach to be his running back coach. Louisville's running back coach is from like Vanderbilt. Interesting. The the Wisconsin guy has nothing. That's really fascinating because like. Like you could say, moving from Oklahoma State to Rutgers, like Sean Gleason did as the offensive coordinator, is a backwards move yes. in terms of program. But Gleason's a New Jersey guy, so that's mm-hmm. what made sense. That's it's weird. It's, yeah, that that it, it it was really interesting because like that's a I, I I'm very excited to to watch Vanderbilt football, which is not something I would ever yeah. think I would say. So let me. Ask and you I'm also question. very excited to bet on Vanderbilt football. Interesting. Um, good for you. Let me ask you a question. James Franklin got Vanderbilt to nine wins twice. Yes. Can Clark Lee get them to double-digit wins? Is that the ceiling? Can he get past that barometer at Vandy, do you think? I think he'll do it once or twice. What do you think they're – I think they're, they're realistic ceiling. Like Northwestern? Is Northwestern. Is Northwestern. You, you have a solid 7-5 and five team year in, year out, and every once in a while the stars align. Tougher to do it in the SEC. It's way tougher than the Big Ten. No, it's way tougher because you're gonna have to beat Georgia and Florida. You don't just have to beat Wisconsin and Minnesota. And you're gonna have to beat Missouri on the rise. South Carolina. I I I I thought their hire was pretty bad. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Maybe well respected there. Yeah, I don't don't know. Um, Speaking of South Carolina, two guys that I think we thought were front runners to be the South Carolina head coach were the head coaches for Liberty and Coastal Carolina, and this was one of the top five bowl games. Yeah, this was a great game. Um, Liberty wins in overtime. They had a chance to put it on ice in the fourth quarter and fumbled. Um, and then the game went into overtime. Coastal played well. They had a great season. We both had Liberty plus seven and a half. Um, wish we sprinkled a little bit on the money line too. Yeah. Uh, did you or no? I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. But this was going to be a really good – these these two teams were kind of like almost in lockstep as the season went on, and they should have played each other in the regular season, which would have been a really exciting game. didn't happen end up playing in the bowl game, and, you know, we got kind of an instant classic. Malik Willis is the real deal for Liberty. Yeah. He didn't throw the ball great, but, man, was he effective running the ball. Coastal couldn't stop him. Coastal 
Coastal had a good team all year. Yep. And Liberty had a good team all year. This kind of makes me wish that we got the uh, Coastal Louisiana matchup again. Because I, I think I think we were on the right side there. I think Louisiana would have won. Yep. Well, we were on the right side here with Liberty. Yeah. Uh, two picks, though, for Willis. Yeah. Interesting. 85.4 QBR is pretty good. We yeah. ran the ball for 137 yards. This is a very even match game pretty much all around. Yep. The fact that Liberty was able to win with two more turnovers yep. is, is impressive. And they led – I mean, they pretty much led from start to finish. Like, yeah. They jumped yeah, it was – it was, it was, they, they were in control for a while. And then they won with a blocked field goal. Grayson McCall, true freshman for Coastal, another really good game. A great – like a great season yeah. for him. Yeah. He gives me Mackenzie Milton type vibes. You know what I mean? Like, like, just, like, just like raise the ceiling and a small school to just go out and dominate, like, and year get, after year. And they're, they're gonna get to keep their head coach again, yeah, I which mean, is big. Coastal is in, I mean, this guy, the year he had to throw for 2,500 yards and 26 touchdowns, run for 600 yards and seven touchdowns, just crazy stuff for Grayson McCall. And it pisses me off, like, why does Coastal have a guy like that? And Rutgers still can't well, figure out who their starting quarterback is. If it pisses you off that Ruck, if Rutgers can't find a guy, like, you should, you should. You should wander over to the Notre Dame boards, which is bullshit. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't accept that because Notre Dame has had like a four year starter who just led them to two college football playoffs. Yeah, but like they're nuts. They're trying, trying to win, trying to win a championship. I'm sorry, Ian Book has been a, a yeah, he's been a, well, he's he's like all time, well, the all time leader in touchdown passes in Notre Dame. He's got to be all time. I think he's the all time leader in wins. I don't know if touchdown passes. Ian Book has had a legendary career in Notre Dame, and they can't, they can't just get over it. I. We've had a Rutgers had a different starting quarterback, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin. Well, for the last seven years. Aren't you set now? Is isn't no. it going to be uh, Starkowski? Nobody's nothing set. No Starkowski. No, because because sucked against Nebraska in the last game of the season. We still have Vedral. The top prospect on the team is probably a, a kid who was a true freshman named Evan Simon. Then on top of everything, you got Rutgers fans clamoring for Jared Guardano. Oh, that 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 is that is only going to work out poorly. I don't know, because he's got the skill set to thrive in a Gleason offense. He's a Rutgers guy. Well, his family's a Rutgers family. He's a New Jersey guy. There are worse one-year flyers you could take. And if you look at his career stats. Yeah, yeah that I is, agree. He's, and got, he's got the deep ball. Yeah, and he's, he's got the arm. He's quick. He's athletic. Look, he, I do I think he – the problem I have is I think he's a me. I think he's a me guy. I think he's an I guy. I think all Jared Garantano ca- – Garantano cares about is Jerry Garantano, which fucking pisses me off, and you don't want that to be your quarterback. No. Um, it also, like, if he goes and starts at Rutgers and has a good season, it makes you wonder, like, it just kind of shows the gap between teams and, like, I don't, I want, I don't want to say conferences. But no way. I'm sorry. It just shows that Rutgers is better at developing a quarterback than Tennessee. That's all that would show. I mean, if he's just, like, also, solid. Uh, it sounds like Jack Cohn is going to be the next starting quarterback for Notre Dame. Is that what you're reading? I, that's what I'm reading. I haven't seen – like, people are talking about it, but I don't want it. That's, uh, what, it, that's what it sounds like. From, from where are you well, seeing so, – So, Jack Cohn's the is from this area. Yeah. He's from, I think, Long Island, I want to say. Um, the So, Rutgers fans have been – Long. We wanted Cohn or Garantano. There's no real – like, they don't see a difference. I'd rather, I'd rather Cohn. I would rather have Cohn also. But – the Ruck, one of the, the moderators and analysts who kind of run the Rutgers fan boards popped on today and he was like, yeah, Cone's not coming to Rutgers, he's leaving, he's, but he's leaving the Big Ten and he's going to a high-level Midwest school. You put two and two together. 
it sounds like Notre Dame. Now I'm yeah, sure there he, are other he, options, but he, he's been he's been popping up on the on the boards. I haven't read much into it because I don't. I, I want to start Buckner. Yeah, but it's really hard to start somebody who just had his entire season canceled. Yeah. The one thing about Cohen is like he won games at Wisconsin. He's good. He's not. I mean, oh man. See the thing. This is this is the problem with Notre Dame right now. Yeah, is Notre Dame is in the position where they are just a better Wisconsin. Yeah, they're they're Wisconsin yeah, with yeah. slightly better players. Yeah, which is not a great position to be in. No, it kind of lowers your ceiling. But they got it, it, it lowers floor. your it lowers your floor. Like, uh, like Notre Dame has a low floor, and and it, they have a they have a medium ceiling. I think they have a high. You don't think they have a high floor? Oh no! Yeah, that's why. That, yeah. That's other way, man. High, high floor, low, low ceiling. ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, Liberty was a really good win, and they he, Hugh Freeze is done there, taking them from pretty much an FCS team to a top twenty-five. Well, they've really invested in football. What do you mean? They've put a ton of money into the football program there. It's fascinating, and Shocking. that's kind of why they're going off like this. Like it makes sense, and they've also have. Made some very questionable hires on the uh, morality front, but you want to win, yeah. And if you want, if you want to win, you can sacrifice to win. It's like I own a there, hiring there's, team. There's right? always there are always places that uh, there are there's always people that you can find that will win at any means necessary. And uh, but you win, you win. And yeah, some schools are alright with that. I don't think Rutgers or Notre Dame would be, but good for Liberty. Another really good game, uh, Oklahoma State Miami. Um, yeah. The Cowboys beat Miami thirty-seven to thirty-four. Did you watch the game? Uh, I saw a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's offense has kind of come alive lately. I, I discussed this. This was a uh, the game I gave out the over on. I believe that hit. Right? I, yep. I think it was above definitely. seventy-one. It was yeah, above seventy. It was definitely high though. Uh, I think it's 59. Yeah. They figured figured something out late in the season. I don't know if it was Gundy taking back the offense after the Oklahoma game. Mm -hmm. But uh, some pretty impressive performances after really just not scoring the entire year. I think they let Spencer Sanders loose a little more too. Four touchdowns, 305 yards. That's a good game from him. Uh, like, with Chuba Hubbard out, I think they stopped, like, you know what I mean? Like, stop just, like, feeding Chuba? Like, like as if, like, the game plan was always get Chuba Hubbard Well, they the didn't ball. get – honestly, the feeding Chuba didn't work because they – teams slowed the box. Right. And that, they're running they, – they've been running the ball better since Chuba went out. Right. Yeah. I, so, and they let Spencer Sanders throw the ball a little more. They've been running it more effectively because I think they've – you have to respect the deep ball. You're not getting yeah, the box loaded that, on you. And like, without Chuba, and there's a more free flowing game plan. Like it's like, it's like, I'm trying to think of a good, like a good example. For it's this, like when like, the Warriors have KD and they have Steph and Clay on the outside, and KD isos and drives it in. Versus if you have KD. Passing around like you could be a more yeah. effective offense. Yeah, it's it's like it. that. It's like that. It's but it's more like, I mean, it's like that. It's it's tough to use the Warriors because they just have so many good players. But it's like, 
it's like what Penn State was last year, and Lamar Stevens was like an inefficient power forward. And now that he's not there, I feel like they're more fluid offensively. But yeah, that's the idea. Same thing. But I think I think that's what it is. Um, and they won. They beat Miami. Derek King played well while he was in. He got hurt. Um, towards ACL, and the Cozy Perry came in, played well. DR King is back next year. It's a good thing that he announced before the bowl game that he would be coming back. Because you could you imagine if like he tours ACL, he announced he was going to the draft, and then tours ACL during the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so, like he's like, like that's like why people do opt out. It like, is. He did. Uh, how long is he going to be? Able, I don't know what it is. How, what a tour. I've never torn ACL. I'm not athletic enough to tear an ACL. So, like, I don't think that's something that'll happen to me. You know what I mean? Like, I've watched people tear their ACLs, and it's just because their body moves faster than their mind. That doesn't happen to me. You know what I mean? I'm not worried about not that. Not surprisingly happening. quick enough? No, I'm not. I'm not. I just kind of, like, tumble my way places. I don't I don't change change speeds in, in good direction, like, quickly. Anyway, change directions quickly enough, I should say. But that's what happened. He tore his ACL. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that sucks for Miami. Uh I got. I got a feeling. It's the best time to tear your ACL. Yeah, it is. But I, I, ACLs are a long injury. From what I, I feel like a lot of people have a, like a really good grasp on how long these injuries last, and I never have. I just know ACL. Torn ACL is may take six to nine months for full activity. Like this is the best time. Yeah, but that's if, if he. Well, if he can be back for camp, then he can be back for camp. Yeah, I mean, that's your goal to do whatever you can to get him back for. For training camp in August. Otherwise, they've got they've got a staple of guys. Nikozi Perry's fine. I mean, they don't have great quarterbacks. Tate Martell. Dancing Tate Martell. Uh, there's a legendary call at WR Shareways of Tate Martell scoring a touchdown. Really? It was, it, was, it was from Jake, and he basically said Tate Martell dances like four times. Martell dances up the sidelines, dances past Rutgers. It was like the most ridiculous call. Dancing. So we call him Dancing Tate Martell. Anyway. Um, Tate Martell scored a touchdown against Rutgers? I mean, he's at Ohio State, yeah. Really? Yeah. I can, I'm can. i sure we can find the highlight. I'm sure I can find the highlight for you and <laughs> play it here, but I'm not worth giving Jake the time of <laughs> the air time. Uh, I, I, look, I didn't get a chance to watch much of this game. Um, I think I had Miami plus two and a half. Is that right? No. I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had Miami plus two and a half. I thought when they, they were minus – yeah, they were plus. Were they plus? Yeah. I wanted them plus three. They were plus two and a half. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, I should have changed my mind at game time. I didn't bet the game anyway, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter to me. Um, I'm impressed with Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders will be back next year. I'm sure LD Brown will be back next year too. Uh, the thing is, the thing that's so interesting about them is like they made their mark all season long defensively. LD Brown's a senior. He may not be back actually. Um and then towards the end of the year, it was all their offense. I don't really know what to make of a team. Like this, yeah, is, this, this is just typical Mike Gundy football, right? You know what? Uh, you know what Eight Miami games. reminds me a little bit of right now? What? Louisville last year. Oh, you think they were a flash in the pan that just kind of won some games that they had no business winning? I kind of think so. I mean, you look at their overall season; they really edged out some games that they barely won. I I think Miami, especially if Derek King is not playing. I think they're going to take a step back next year. Certainly possible. I mean, I got to see what, what the rest of the roster looks yeah. like. Like, is their O line all returning starters? Like, no, that's, I mean, that's yeah, key, it, that's, I'm just saying it, yeah. it does seem like yeah, they this won a team lot of overperformed. 
you know, they won a lot of close games and then they lost big games and they didn't really compete. Uh, they were lucky to get back into it in this game. Oklahoma State went up 20 to nothing. Uh, speaking of blowouts, Texas 55, Colorado 23, and Tom Herman's last stand, Sam Ellinger's last stand. He played well, got hurt. Casey Thompson came in, looked like the best quarterback in the country. Yeah, he had a, I, I remember watching that. So, And then Ellinger declared. Yeah, because he probably wouldn't be the starter next year. So who is this Casey Thompson character? And is he going to be a beast under Steve Sarkeesian? What do you think of the hire? I love it. Is that that's all you I love? It. I do too. I think it's a really good hire. I've noticed a lot of people ragging on the hire, talking about Texas like sucks. I think it's a lot of the same stuff where you look at a program like Texas that everybody's always wishing they're back and like kind of saying, and like Sarkeesian is kind of falling upwards. Yeah. But the offense he put th- together at Alabama has re- been really impressive. Well, he was – Yeah, also, but, like, it's also the Alabama yeah. offense. But I, I think that the Saban coaching for like, – There's no coaching for Devontae Smith. You give him the fucking yeah, yeah, but, like – Makes him unbelievable. Co- the, the Saban's, like, a coaching facility for coaches that uh, can't coach. You know, like how he takes all the bad coaches and makes them good coaches. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a pretty solid track record. And it got Sarkeesian a really big job. Mm-hmm. And uh, it makes sense. Sarkeesian's a good coordinator, and I think think he could do it, although Texas is a really tough place to win. And you're going to have to compete with Lincoln Riley and an Oklahoma team that figured out they have to improve on defense if they want to win a national championship. Yeah. I mean, like, it. yeah. It is a tough job, but it's also – it's also not like they should. They're a top two yeah, team in the Big and Twelve. It's very easy to top recruit. two programs. It's easy. It's easy to recruit. Like the ceiling in Texas is a national championship. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'd rather take a job where I had you know bigger scope on me. No, I just mean national championship ceiling. Then like a there's been Vanderbilt. There's been a lot of people ragging on the hire that I've seen, which didn't which make much sense. sense to yeah, me. I agree yeah. with that. Um, yeah, Texas. Uh, they could end up being pretty good. So it's really interesting. So he's really – you may get a kick out of this. I know I did. He's very close with Kyle Flood, and it sounds like he's going to bring Kyle Flood onto his staff as an associate head coach slash offensive line coach or the offensive coordinator, one. Two, there are rumors he's going to retain Chris Ash because the Texas defense improved dramatically yeah. throughout the year. Kyle Flood and Chris Ash on the same staff at Texas just – Small world for Rutgers fans. Like, could you fucking can you? What if they win the championship? I mean, what if they play Greg in the championship? That's that's, yeah. yeah. What if they play Greg in the championship? You'll find out soon enough. There's a very large gap between the good teams and the great teams. Okay, let me ask you this: Who do you think? Who do you think is the head coach at this at a program longer? Sarkeesian at Texas or Greg at Rutgers? I think Greg at Rutgers because I think because I think Greg's not going to leave anymore. Greg won't ever leave. Yeah, and either Steve. Fails and is fired, or he's overwhelmingly successful and ends up in the NFL. That's why I think. Anyway, uh, Colorado was a flash in the pan all fucking year. That's that's the take on Colorado. We had yeah. Texas pegged minus nine and a half. That's one of our best bets of the bowl season. Yeah, it was. There was no doubt about it. Did you have Did you have the the gall to pull the trigger on it um, financially? Because I didn't. I totally forgot. I don't know if I did. I don't think I did. Um. You had Texas, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we both. It was the same as Texas Utah last year. Yeah, it was just Texas goes against a good Pac-12 team. It's over for the Pac-12 yeah. team. Because <laughs> the Pac- Colorado isn't even a good Pac-12 yeah. team. Um, Oklahoma fifty-five, Florida twenty. Florida was basically playing with like nothing. Yeah, and you know Oklahoma fans already ragging on it. Oh, we're so good. We beat Florida. Yeah. All right. Good. Good job. The defense is a little bit better, you know. You let up 20 points to Kyle Flask without Kadarius Tony, without or Pitts. Pitts. Like, yeah. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, Oklahoma. You won the game. You blew them out. You're gonna start next year in the top five. You want to go win a national championship and play for a national championship? Go. Don't don't lose to Kansas State. How about that? Don't lose to Kansas State. Right. Mm-hmm. Go win every fucking game. Win the Big 12. Go to the college football playoff and prove you belong to be there. That's your own four in the in the college football playoff. That's it. And the reason is because the defense, the defense is starting to get there. Spencer Rattler, I think, is a pretty good quarterback, and now he's going to be year two as a starter. Oklahoma should be very good next year. They were good this year, but they were not. If you gave me a fully matched up Oklahoma versus a fully matched up Florida, like Florida without opt outs. Yeah, I like Florida. I like Florida. But I'm not, I don't want to, like, because I, I, I think you see too much of both, na- like, the narratives take over in bowl games is you see too much of one side saying, like, this game didn't matter. Florida was didn't care at all. And then you see Oklahoma fans that are saying, look how we blew out Florida. We're the best team in the country. We should have been in the playoffs. Right. They're not, they, like, Oklahoma is not one of the best teams in the country, but this win should matter a little bit. Right. Like, I think this win is good for morale. It's good because they, like, Oklahoma's been getting embarrassed in Bulga, in, in the playoffs yep. every year. They, I, If Oklahoma made the playoffs again this year, they would have been embarrassed again. Right. Which is kind of the argument some Notre Dame fans made is, like, if Notre Dame was in this game, I am very certain we could have beaten the shit out of this yeah. Florida team. I agree. Um so, like, we could have had that or we could see what happened against Alabama. I would always rather see Alabama because then you know how to get better. Like, you know what you have to fix. That's why Oklahoma is trying to improve their defense tremendously is because they went in year in, year out. They're like, we don't need defense. And then they found out they need defense because their offenses, the SEC defenses have better players and they'll eventually get stopped when their defense can't stop Oklahoma State. They're not going to stop Alabama. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think this win has anything to do with the relative strength of the Big Twelve versus no, I don't the SEC. I don't either, and I don't think it should. I don't think you should think about it that way either, because we've seen we've seen plenty of the Big Twelve had a great bowl season. Yes, but it, the, the bowl season was it, it's more matchups. about it's more it's more about matchups. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, I I, I, I don't I don't really know what else to say. Oklahoma. I mean, I, I pick. I think the Big Twelve was a very mediocre conference this year, and I picked them in most of their matchups in yeah. the bowl games. Well, so it's the, the tough thing right now, and just thinking about Oklahoma, like, okay, you beat Florida at face value, like, that's great, right? Florida had a ton of opt-outs. It is what it is, but you still – if you'd only beaten them by a touchdown, like, you beat them by 35 points, you did your job. Like, there's nothing more to think about that, in my opinion. Like, that's done. Now – what can you do after doing yeah. that? Like I can't. You can't go back in time. Oklahoma, you lost to Kansas State. You know, you, you, 
you didn't deserve to be in the college football playoff. Your best win was Oklahoma State, maybe? I, Iowa State, probably. Okay, Iowa State. In the, your best regular season win. Lost Oklahoma 31-14 State, to Louisiana. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, this is this is the, – the, there's merit to the bowl season is important for building and for going, like, forward and recruiting momentum. But there's a reason why the SEC is the best conference in college football right now. Yeah. And there is also a reason why the SEC treats bowl games like a scrimmage. Yeah. Because it does they, – they, the, the SEC teams know this. And – you know, I like to watch bowl games, so I don't want it to be like this. Yeah. But it doesn't matter for anything. Yeah. And if you're going to have a bowl game against a good team, that doesn't matter for anything. Like, why not have all your good players opt out and play your bad, like play your young players yeah. and get them important game time experience for next year when it actually you're actually playing for something. That's a good point. Like the the SEC, I hate the SEC, but they they they're the best for a reason. It's innovation. They do stuff like this. They schedule really weak, not out of conference games because they know their conference is good enough that they don't need to play big teams. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it's all legal, yeah. and it helps them out. That's why they're the team. Like this is the first year a non another conference besides the ACC, the SEC got two teams in the playoff, and it's because. There Notre Dame joined the conference for a year. Like yeah. it, it's not because the ACC was good enough to have two teams. Yeah, like that. There, there's a the, the the way the SEC does it is 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 winning, and it's unfortunate, which is why I'd love to see eight, yeah, eight teams, because then we can have a game like this actually matter and not have opt outs, and we could actually see which team is better. Yeah, but the way it stands right now, then like if they're not going to play, you might as well do. What matters to you? You see Dan Mullen at the interview. Our season ended yeah. uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, which is cocky as hell and ridiculous, but yeah. still. Um, it'll be interesting to see where Florida goes from here without Traz and where Oklahoma goes. Like it feels like this was a Florida kind of. Josh Josh Pate was talking about this, and but more in the Florida Georgia sense. Mm-hmm. Like Florida's eight and four. Mm-hmm. Georgia just won ten and two. Mm-hmm. Florida beat Georgia this mm-hmm. year, but Georgia's won six in a row and just won a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Florida has lost three or four now. Mm-hmm. It's like they're on opposite. I I I, I don't want to say that because I I think Dan Mullen's a really good coach. I do too, but I think yeah. And like it's not like Kyle Trask was the, some savior that came in. I think he mm. he might be able to work with. Another quarterback. Yeah, and I'm sure Florida will be good, but this felt like it was Florida's year, and uh, things just didn't break right when they needed that to. defense. The defense was awful, and it yeah. looks like Grantham may be coming back. I think um, I think Georgia's going to be, and we're going to get to Georgia in a little bit, but I think Georgia is going to be the team to beat in the SEC West, SEC East next year. Yeah, Georgia's going to be really question. good. They may be the number one team in the country preseason. Wisconsin 42, Wake Forest 28. Uh, this is his box score Friday as it gets for Wisconsin. Um, Sam Hartman, who has had an awesome – who had an awesome season, just like forgot what he was doing in the second half and just kept throwing interceptions. I don't understand what happened. Um, it made for an easy Wisconsin cover when all was said and done. Uh, but 
man, I mean, yeah, I, I, I Wake had, Forest deserved to win this game. They outplayed Wisconsin. I had Wake Forest money line, and then I got in again at plus ten and a half. And I look up. I was at work, and I look at my phone, and it's fourteen zero. And I go, okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. And they didn't cover. What do you What do you think of Graham Mertz? Uh, like well, so, so they didn't have receivers. Yeah. Wisconsin lost all their receivers. So he was throwing only to tight ends pretty much. And they don't have a very good offensive line. They don't no, really have they a good don't. Like, but it, he was like the savior. Has he done anything that's like more impressive um, than nope. Cone? No, he just – I think – I think – He did look really good against Illinois, but that yeah, is Illinois. a long time ago. And that was a long time ago. I think we need to evaluate Graham Mertz when he's got his full Next complement year, of yeah. receivers and a an offensive line that – has another has a year of working together, a year of chemistry building. I'm not ready to say he's not he's not worth the hype, but he certainly hasn't been very good. Yeah, um, I'm Wisconsin won this game because of their defense making yeah. big plays. Sam Hartman's probably back next year for Wake, right? I heard they're returning nine seniors. Yeah, he's I mean he's a sophomore. Yeah, anyway, like, so Wake is probably going to be a yeah a factor. They're going to be a factor team. in the ACC. They are, I am a big weight guy. Um, and the fact that they're returning guys and they had a good year this year and they're well coached and they probably should have beaten Wisconsin to finish 5-4. and four. I like Wake. I like the trajectory of the program. They're going to be a factor in the ACC next year. They are going to be a top 25 team when all said and done next year, I believe. I mean, my preseason top 25. Um, <clears throat> Ball State, San Jose State. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, pretty brutal, pretty brutal game. Uh, it's really tough when you actually when you when you when you put money on a game. Yeah, before the two opt-outs. weeks in advance, and the day of the game, it's announced there's ten opt outs. Yeah, like that's really tough. I'm I just knew I lost ten bucks, and what happened with Houston. That's twenty. They're down twenty-one zero in the in the first uh, first quarter. That's a lesson to be learned. I don't think you should be betting. I don't think we should be betting bowl games until like, unless it's a college football playoff game. You don't bet them until like right before. Yeah, you that that thing is the thing is you see those lines. It's it's honestly it's a big thing in the COVID era too because like you never know who's going to be out in contact tracing or. So hopefully next year we won't have to deal with this anymore. Yep. We'll see uh, packed stadiums and no COVID. Your mouth, the God's ears. Yes. And, yeah, that <laughs> I won't have to be making a bet knowing he's dead before the game even started. Yeah, good shit for Ball State. 27 nothing in the first quarter. Jeez. Um, Mississippi State 28, Tulsa 26. For Tulsa had some opt-outs too, I believe. Um, but whatever, beside the point, uh, one of the more competitive games – a fight uh, broke out. Yes, and there was a brawl after the game. It felt like these were two teams that really wanted to win the game. Oh, they really wanted to win. This was one of this is this is this is the fun part of bowl season. Yes. Is is when you have teams like this that are play like there's not really anything there, but they're playing because they want to win. Yep. And you kind of saw this is because Tulsa has a Tulsa's six and two, ranked twenty fourth in the country, and they're favored by two and a half against a. Uh, Three and seven Mississippi State team. They feel disrespected. Yep. Mississippi State is young and building. They're not opting out. They want to beat. They have a chance to beat a top twenty-five team. Yep. They're SEC, right? Yep. They, they want to win this game. 
And uh, you saw a really competitive game, really good game, little extracurriculars afterwards. But uh, besides that, a really fun game to watch. Did you watch it? Because if you look at the box score, it feels very fraudulent. Um, Tulsa outgained them by almost 2x. 484 total yards for Tulsa, just 471. Just 271, excuse me, from Mississippi State. I watched a little bit of it. Okay. I was uh, – this was – this game I got home – was when I got home from work. So, the Wisconsin game, like, I was driving for most of this game. But I, I, I caught I caught some at the end. Mississippi State's defense is just kind of – they make plays. And they make – they're like – they're an SEC team that makes plays. And I've never really been that high on Zach Smith. I really think it's been the Tulsa defense – that's carried them throughout the year, mm-hmm. and they continue to do it against a not great Mississippi State offense. And did you did you catch any of this? Mm-mm. I was busy. Um, I don't know what I was busy with, but I was busy with something. Yeah, th- this this game is uh, this this kind of shows the gap. Yeah, between the American and the SEC. Yeah, like yeah, I the American is a good conference, and Tulsa is a good team, but like. You're facing a three and seven Mississippi State team. Yeah, I know Tulsa's been pretty fraudulent all year, but you still got to win this game. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, this is the kind of big thing. It's uh, Jimmy's and Joes versus X's and O's, and Jimmy's and Joes win. Yeah, Mississippi State has players that Tulsa could only dream of having on their team. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia 24, Army 21. Army got a chance to play in its bowl game uh, and led into the fourth quarter, but unfortunately couldn't finish the job. Um, good win for West Virginia. Good year. Um, good year for them, I would say. Finishing 6-4 and four after last year's debacle. No? Yeah. No? Yeah. Oh, actually, we went 8-10. and 10. Well, we had this game at minus. Was this line really seven and a half? Yeah. West Virginia. Yeah, we went. We we didn't go. We went. Eight, we went eight. Eight and eleven. Eight and eleven. Not nine and ten. Oh well. That 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 that's a little fitting. Neil Brown. Um, I think he's doing a good job at West Virginia. I think yeah, they need to find it. They need. He needs an offense, but they'll get there. Uh, I think Daggy's young, right? Yeah, junior. He's back next year. Uh, they replaced him with Kendall. Although I don't know if that was injury related or not. Yeah, I didn't watch any of the game, so I can't really give an, an accurate take. But I don't know. I think West Virginia was a fun team this year because they defended well. Yeah, they did, um, and that was that ended up being an important factor uh, in the Big Twelve. You know, if you defend well, you're going to perform. So six and four—that's something to build on. Yes, they're they're they're, they're they're decent. They're they're a solid team. It's West Virginia. You. Going to get the best players in West Virginia most of the time. It's not that many players, but still. Yeah. Um, and the, I don't know the what going to to Morgantown is a tough place to play. They're they're a solid team. They're 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 going to be solid again next year. They got to figure out offense if they want to take a step past that. But yeah, they ran the ball effectively too um, throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, not so much against Lady Brown is, is very good back. Yeah, I wonder what his deal is. Junior, he's probably back next year as well out of Philly. He had a very good season. Anyway, on to 
the next one. I just lost where I was. Uh, Georgia, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Georgia, Cincinnati. Georgia wins 24-21. to 21. Cincinnati, I think, proved for the most part that they belonged on that stage. Uh, although for me, it felt like Georgia was kind of in what-the-fuck mode until they decided to actually play football until the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter. I mean, no? Yeah. Do you have money on Georgia? Uh, or do you have money had, on Cincinnati? No, I, I, had, I had money on Georgia minus. I, I had a difficult time reading your – your texts in the in the group chat. So I had money on Georgia minus six and a half, but I also had them their money line in a parlay. Because yeah, it tech. seemed like you were rooting for Cincinnati. I wasn't, <laughs> but I was like this. I don't know. Um, yeah, Georgia outgained them by 150 yards. 392 yards from JT Daniels. Yeah. Uh, the Georgia defense was all right. Desmond Ritter made some throws, and then Georgia was like, okay, like. We're not going to let him score anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was impressed with Cincinnati's defense. I think they kept it in front of them. They they played well. Like they ran into a, a better team than them, yeah. which was unfortunate because like, even with the opt-outs, yeah, even with the opt-outs. But that's because like the difference in opt-outs is like Florida, you lose all your receivers. Georgia. You still have your quarterback. You still have a very good running back in Zamir White. You still have your best receiver in Pickens. Mm-hmm. And the defense is depth. Like mm-hmm. there, there's there's depth everywhere on the defense. Georgia's going to be the team to beat next year. The you Georgia know, Clemson so game in they, Charlotte. They played to start the season, dude. That's going to be an insane game. Georgia money line. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really impressed with Cincinnati's defense. Their offense was all right. But that's what the story's been all yeah, year yeah. with them. Uh, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, genius. Very, very highly touted. There's, I hear rumors of LSU. Yeah. I've heard Notre Dame rumors. Uh, I don't think he's going to be at Cincinnati next year. Well, he looks like a player's coach, too, on the yeah. D- on the defensive side of the ball. You just watch his intensity on the sideline. Like That's what you want your defensive coordinator to be. You know what I mean? Like I think you want your offense coordinator to be like like a really good like X's and O's genius, yeah, but you want your defense coordinator to be like obviously good X's and O's, but like pumped up on the sideline, like ripping everybody to pieces, like let's go, like pumped up. Venables, is that what he's like? Yes, Venables is a psychopath. Yeah, there you go. I, yeah, I like psychopath defense. Like I like Rex Ryan. He was a psychopath. Um, JT Daniels here for three hundred ninety-two yeah. yards. Yeah, JT Daniels has been. Very impressive, and it kind of seems like he's handicapped. What do you mean? Have you noticed that at all? No, what do you mean? It just doesn't seem like Georgia wants to rely on him until they have to. Yeah. Which, like, handicaps their offense. Like, in this game, they kept handing it off to Zimmer White and getting stuffed. And then in the second half, they were like, okay, JT, just throw it. Yep. And then that's how they started moving the ball. But they didn't win the game, really. They didn't, didn't feel like they were in control until they forced that big turnover. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, they won on a 51-second, 51 51-yard 51 field goal Yeah. as time expired. Like, they, they were never really in control of this game. But the fact that they came back and won, they were down 21-10 going into the fourth. Um, it, it didn't I, – I, I don't trust Georgia's offensive coordinator. And I don't know if I, it's him or if it's Kirby Smart – 
but they have a quarterback and they still seem to be they, they they still seem to want to stick with their identity of defense. And you can have a great defense. Like yeah. Georgia's defense is way better than Alabama's defense. Yeah. But like when you have an offense, you've got to let them cook a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is in college football. Like you can have a good defense, had, but you got to score. Have you seen um, Barton, Barton Simmons? Uh, he's he's got this take that's I kind of I, I like I like a lot. I think it's 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 very interesting. Okay. And the take is that wide receivers are the new defensive line. What the hell does that mean? So forever in college football and NFL too. I get yeah NFL too. Like the most important, one of the most important positions on the field is a defensive line. Okay. Because if you can get pressure on the quarterback, yep. then they're not going to be able to move the ball. If they can't run it on you, you can drop back and you can play defense and you need to stop. The take is pretty much the team. So, like, a lot of times, if you're a better, you have a team with a better defensive line going against a worse offensive line. You want to be on the team with the better defensive line. Right. This is now wide receivers you have the better wide receivers you get it out to them in space and you let them make plays they're going to score more points than the other team and this is kind of like how all football is going is offense is winning out and if you have those better players you get the ball in space they're going to score more points than the other team you're going to win the game just like how if your defensive line is better they're going to get to the quarterback they're going to sack they're going to get more stops you're going to win the game that's fair. I'm, it's very interesting I no, because I think the like I think the value of wide receivers is increasing tremendously in college football right now. Yeah. And the, you, you, the problem with that is you still need a quarterback that gets them the floor. No, no, you do. You do. But the, the, this is everybody knows quarterback's the most important position mm-hmm. in football. Mm-hmm. This is this is outside of quarterback. And it's the wide receiver take, I think, is an interesting one because I've always – I think most people think you, like, build the line first, right, mm-hmm. which I still think are very important. Mm-hmm. But it, I, it, it's an interesting take that the wide receivers are now one of the most important positions in football as I don't think many people think about, like, oh, this team has great wide receivers. They're going to be really good. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't I, – I, I think – I think lines. I think O-line, D-line, and um... – but, yeah. like, if you have Devontae Smith running open every play. Yeah. Then you yeah. have a quarterback that can get it to him. Yeah, that's it's huge. Like, how are you going to stop him? And all the, like all the rules are pretty much favoring the offense these and days. Favor, yeah. yeah, especially favoring wide receivers. Yeah. Holding, pass interference, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I don't have any issue with that take. Um, and it's kind of it, – like, Georgia's the last team in the SEC – one of the last teams in the SEC that's holding on to the old SEC way of doing it. Run the ball, play defense. And they have a quarterback now. And JT Daniels makes plays for them all the time. Are they going to let him cook? Todd Monken is their offensive coordinator. Yeah. He was hired last year, I, I believe. I don't know, man. Because if Georgia lets JT Daniels cook, why maybe would, next year they may be the best team in the I game. don't understand why you wouldn't. Well, you're a defensive coach and you're stuck in your way. Still, you don't, yeah, but like. As a defensive coach, wouldn't you know what offense is hardest to stop? 
spoiler alert, it's Alabama throwing the ball yeah, a ton yeah, and it, getting the ball to their skill position players in space. I mean That's yes. what Chris Ash said. I mean he was a defensive coach. He won a national championship as a defensive coordinator and he said, Yep, yeah, we're gonna run the spread offense because it's the hardest offense to stop. Yeah. We're doubtful. <laughs> What you find out is when you don't have skill position players and you don't yes. have any quarterback, well, then that's, that's why that's why you see Wisconsin yeah. running like that, and that's why you see Notre Dame yeah. running the ball. Um, besides that, I, like Georgia's really good. Their defense is really good. They're off. They're gonna. I think White's coming back next year. I don't know if Cook is. Okay. Um, their offensive line was pretty much all new this year, so yeah. they're gonna be better next year. Pickens is going to be back. Yep. He's their best receiver, and he's really good. JT Daniels is going to be back. Pickens is the opportunity to the next Devonta Smith. Yep. Um, and their defense is just going to reload. I'm pretty sure he's the number one wide receiver in the 2022 draft. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Georgia is going to be really good next year, yep. and I'm very interested to see if they let their offense put up points. Yep. Well, they're going to need to. The way this college, the way college ball is going, they're going to need to. Uh. Northwestern kicked the shit out of Auburn. Can't say we're surprised by that one. No, Auburn. Auburn was pretty fraudulent, and they were they didn't have a new, they, you know, pretty much all year. Carson's going to be their new coach. He wasn't coaching them this game, obviously, because you know. They, they I think he coach. was. No, he wasn't. He was there. He was there. They interviewed him during the game. Okay, okay. <laughs> he was in the booth. He didn't coach him. Um, Auburn was not very good this year. Northwestern is a disciplined. Experience team had more to play for. Like it was just yeah. You when, when you're Northwestern, you have a chance to beat Auburn. Yeah, like Auburn has way more talent than you. You you've been called Reese Davis's. Like yeah, you want to beat them. Like these are four or five star guys you're going up against. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, I. Uh, there's really nothing more to it than that. Like no. Northwestern, I think was a better football team. No, they were the better and the more mo- and the more motivated team. Yes, and the better coach team. Obviously, it's a great it's a great spot. It was such a great spot for Northwestern, and I feel good for the Big Ten because even though even though it, yeah, well, this is the big thing about bowl games is matchups make results, and this was a favorable matchup for Northwestern. But it's also you have to win the favorable matchups. Yeah. If you lose a favorable matchup, it looks poorly on your conference. Yeah, and this is a favorable matchup. You win it. Big Ten goes, look, we won a game against SEC. Yep. Good for the Big Ten. Also good for the Big Ten that they didn't lose this game because they lose the game, it means more – it means it's worse than winning the game. Such as the next game that we're going to go to, Indiana. Yes. Losing to yes. Ole Miss, yes. which is a really bad loss, I think, for Indiana. No, it is, and for the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, Ole Miss had opt-outs. Indiana was ranked in the top 15. And, and they were they, – they, did you see they removed yeah. the Big Ten logo yeah, from dad. their jersey because they were mad they didn't get in year six? Well, the problem with all these teams that bitch about where they end up in bowls mm-hmm. and why they didn't make the playoffs or why they didn't do this is they have a bad habit of proving the committee right. <laughs> they have a very bad habit of proving the committee right. And here we are with Indiana, and they prove whoever I – don't, I don't even think this was – like, this wasn't, like, the Big Ten's choice. They just didn't have the bowl games available, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like. It was a Rose Bowl in the college football playoff year, so they didn't have the bowl games available. That's how it goes. Yeah. I I am honestly – I'm stunned the way this played out. Ole Miss's defense has been horrendous all season, and, like, Indiana's missing Penix as their starting quarterback. But, jeez. I, I wasn't that surprised that – 
They didn't move the ball. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Ole Miss has, has allowed everybody to score. But the thing was, like, there was no, there's not one thing I look at the Indiana team that like their offense did well once Penix went out. You yeah. know, like the games they won, they put up 14 points against Wisconsin, 27 points against Maryland. Yeah, like Maryland's got one of the worst defenses, and true. Wisconsin has a. Good defense, but a god awful offense. And like the defense, when when Indiana, like this is this is this goes back to what we've been saying all year long. Yeah, what we've been talking about is in this day and age in college football, offense wins championships yeah. and offense wins games. And in this game, the better team, the better offense. Was Ole Miss, and there wasn't like the thing. The thing about Indiana is if you if Indiana wasn't a great offense, but they had a really good running game, yeah, then you can beat Ole Miss because you can like Ole Miss can't stop your running game, yeah. But there was nothing that Indiana does did well enough That's in true. this game to be able to consistently move the ball. And when you can't consistently move the ball, and you're going up against an all offense like Ole Miss. They're eventually going to get points, no matter how good your defense is, and their defense is really good. But still, very, very tough luck for Indiana, and I guess the Big Ten as a factor, but more Indiana. Yeah, um, I'm happy for Ole Miss. They extended Lane Kiffin. Like I think they think they're really onto something here. Their offense has been electric. Uh, I mean, five and five season for them was probably better than they were expecting. Yeah. They, yeah, I don't know. I think the, putting up that many points against Alabama won them some favor. Yep, that's a good point. I, like, and that's four or five games they've won now in a row. They really should have beat LSU. I wish we got to see them against Texas a and I really think they could have beat Texas a and Yep. Kentucky 23, NC State 21. This is the same exact thing, just for the ACC. <laughs> the, the the bad SEC teams really yeah. showed out here, yeah. and it, this is kind of like the point. Do they like, have any opt-outs? Like no, Kentucky? no. That's the thing. The bad SEC teams were, like, motivated. Yes, that's – that's yeah, because, yeah, like, th- this is a thing when you want to say, oh, the SEC isn't that good, which I would love to say. I, 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 yeah. Like, the Oklahoma-Florida game. Yeah. I would love to say Florida's garbage. But you look at these teams that Florida has beaten and beaten pretty handily. Yeah. And you look at what they're doing to, like, the better teams in yeah. the other conferences. And you wonder, this makes sense, this makes sense. Why did Florida get blown out? Maybe it's because they don't have any offensive players going in the game. And, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, NC State covered, but – when you're eight and three and rank twenty three in the nation, you gotta win the game. You don't want to cover against a four and six team. I no. don't care how good the four and six team is. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, for me, like I didn't get honestly, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. Like it was Saturday. Saturday was as good a college basketball day as there there is, and I think it was going on right during the Rutgers game. Um, NC State should get Leary back next year. Three picks well for Hoffman to that in the game. I think they're well coached. Uh, I don't really know what to make of Kentucky. I mean, I, we thought this could be a breakout year, and it just was a shit show for them. So I don't know what to make out of them. Like I'm trying to think about teams that could be 
making progress going into next year. I think NC State is on the way up. Kentucky, I, like what? We thought they'd be really good this year. They were yeah, having a ton, well, and they well, were not good. The problem with Kentucky, you know, I think was uh, their offense was was Terry Wilson. Yeah. They fired Eddie Graham. Yeah, but even with the with the the, the transfer. No, I yeah, but if they have like if they find a QB, Kentucky can be good next year. Maybe. Iowa State thirty four, Oregon seventeen. Good call, Colin. Yeah, Iowa State pegged. I liked Oregon. Uh, I was dead wrong. Yeah, I. This I kind of felt. Iowa State's good. I I, I I thought I, I. Do you want Matt Campbell to be the head coach of the Jets? I would I would love to have Matt Campbell as the head coach so, of the Jets. So would I. He's my number one. But um. Yeah, I think you kind of fell in love with Oregon after the uh, or the pick on USC, which was honestly a very good pick. Sharp, sharpest or, play of the year for me, I think. Oregon was. That was that that was a very sharp play because Oregon's a well coached team that doesn't have a lot of talent and USC has just been holding on by a thread. But the problem here was Oregon may have more talent, but they're still young and missing a lot of players, and they're going up against a really well coached, good Iowa State team that's well rounded. Finished and when you when you have like this is this is the thing you see with Notre Dame a lot when they play other teams that are well coached. Notre Dame wins those games because they're a better product than them. Yeah. And, like, that's why they beat Northwestern all when they play them. That's why they – I'm trying to think who else. Like, why they beat Navy. It's because, like, there's two teams that are both really well coached and have a really solid base, but one team is further along. Iowa State further along. And they have Brock Purdy. They have Brees Hall. They have Charlie Kohler. Like, that's a good team. Their yeah. defense is good. Although – I will say, I have been impressed. Uh, Oregon went four and three, not a great year, but they won the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I am impressed with Oregon's performance this year, and I think they're going to be really good next year because almost Oregon did what not like a lot of teams in the Pac-12 or like I, I guess that nobody in the Big Ten really did it because the Big Ten like had a shot, but Oregon treated the season. Like yeah, like the SEC treats bowl season. Yeah, like it was a big exhibition season, and they extended. Everybody who was worth anything left, and they just played everybody who was going to come back next year, and that's going to pay dividends next year. Yeah, they are going to be really good next year. I really like Joe Moorhead. I like what he's been doing with this offense. Brown and Shuck. I don't know who's going to start next year, but it's going to be Shuck. Brown's gone. Uh, Uh, Unless he decides to to come back. Um, the defense is, is building. They're, they're a really well-coached team, and they have a lot of talent on this team that is only going to be getting older and just had a whole year of game experience. Yeah. The Oregon-Ohio State game next year is going to be Important. very interesting, not only for like not only for how good Ohio State is, and but also – this that gives you that's going to give you a good picture on where Oregon is yeah. in the national picture Amazing. because I think Oregon is the one team in the Pac-12 that is building towards something that could potentially be in the in the conversation for a championship. Yeah, and I think I believe USC could get there. USC, the right USC. Coach. I mean, if a good coach walks into USC, yeah. USC will be back because yeah. USC is the easiest place to recruit to in the entire country. One of. Really? One of, yeah. 
Yeah, one of the easiest. It's 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 the easiest. I don't know about that. I walk up to you and I say, Justin, I've got Snoop Dogg and Will Ferrell and the Song Girls, and we want you to come play in sunny Southern California at the Coliseum, one of the most historic stadiums in the world, with the great facilities. So as long as and um, and and we, I'm a good coach, and we have a good team, and we're going to compete for the national championship. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, that's fair. You're good. It's so easy to recruit to. Yes. Um, is that it for all the all the bowl games? Did I miss any? I think look. we're good. I think that's it. We can go to the college ball playoff. Yeah. Any other takeaways from bowl games before we move on? Oh no, we missed a uh, and M. Oh, and in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, this – A&M covered. They did by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. They really shouldn't have covered. Uh, pretty – this was – like th- this is the same thing. A&M's making all this arguments, oh, we should be in the playoffs. No, you shouldn't. You just – you won by the same amount Notre Dame won. North Carolina had so many opt-outs in this game. Yeah. And – Yep, their three best players. They, they, they were losing this game. There was a very – Good chance they lost this game. Yep. Um, it is funny. Like, yeah, they should. They, they probably shouldn't have won the game. Yeah, and people are. I think A and M fans are celebrating the win. Yeah, yeah, they are, and they're like, yeah, they, they, they're they're like posting all this like Notre Dame, like look at the score. Yeah, you lost by thirty one. We lost thirty one fourteen. That's fourteen points less than you lost. Yeah, and this is a team we beat. Without our starting center. On the road. On the road. With, like, North Carolina's actual, like, full team. Full and team. you beat them without some of their best players. And you barely beat them. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame yeah. was the right. In order, if we played Texas a and I'm pretty confident we'd win. I think it would be a good game. Texas A&M is a good team. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they, were, they were a good team. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate, and we'll get into Notre Dame shortly, but... Texas A&M had a very good season. I don't know if Jimbo's necessarily built. I think I think Texas A&M is flashing a pan. I don't know if they're a flash in a pan, but like I think they're more like a nine and three, eight and four SEC. This team. is just a good team that got breaks. Yeah, and it was a good year for them. Yeah, you know they they played at Alabama once. They were home against Florida, and you know and, and, and played, besides that, the, the, the SEC was not what <laughs> right. A&M won the game against Florida, playing in front of like a sold out Kyle Field. <laughs> They did. Yeah, well, I sold out pretty much. Um, yeah, like Jimbo's – I think they feel really good about having Jimbo Fisher as their head coach, as they should. They won – I mean, they're, they're ranked fifth in the country in the final polls, right? Maybe fourth, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's the line. same thing. But, like, it, it's it, – this, this is just kind of what drives me nuts of, like, all the conversation is because you look at stuff like this and you have clear data points yeah. and people still go, no, Notre Dame sucks. Yeah, we'll get to Notre Dame. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it's a very annoying you, – you've got to understand. Do you have any other takes on Aiden, North Carolina? I think like, – no, All my takes on Notre Dame are really well, this game. You've got two veteran head coaches, and I think they're both building things. Like, I think A&M and North Carolina are going to be top 25 programs for a long time now, as long as these guys are there. Like, I don't, I don't know if they're – I don't know if they're – No, no, I agree with that. That's I don't know if either of them will be college football playoff contenders, but I think we're looking at two teams that are – Yeah, they're built – they're built – they're Good. Well, yeah, they're built. They're built to last. Yeah, they're built in the lines. They're built. Uh, you got skill position guys. Yeah. I feel, you know, I feel good about 
both of these programs long term. Um, and I think this was one of the better matchups, I think, of both seasons. And I'm kind of I'm disappointed we didn't get to see North Carolina at full strength because I think that would have been more. Yeah, it was a good the, game. I think they would have won the I game. I agree, but it would have been a more uh, entertaining affair. Yeah. All right. That'll wrap it up for our bowl game talk. And we'll get to the casual playoff now. All right, Alabama 31, Notre Dame 14 in a game that never really felt in doubt. Um, however, and before I even you know go to you, Colin, for your full opinion on it, um, there's no doubt that Notre Dame deserved to be the fourth team. They had they, they, they had their season. They had a good season. They did everything they needed to do to earn a spot in the college football playoff. They just ran into a buzzsaw. The Alabama offense is unbelievable. Um, your takes. Um, on the full game. Yeah, so I agree with you. This game really never felt in doubt. There was a couple times where I had hope, but never, like, there's never a time where I thought, I mean, even when we beat Clemson before, I didn't think we were going to win that game until time ran out yeah. and the score was over. They, this, we were able to run the ball. I think when you go from, look from 2012 to now, you look the eight years, what has Brian Kelly done? What Brian Kelly has done and what Notre Dame has done is the trenches are now comparable. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame's offensive line moved the ball very – like they lost their best blocking tight end early on in the game. Tommy Trevor went down. And they ran the ball as effectively as you're going to do against five-star front. When, you need the, when they need the yardage, when it's fourth and goal, you push them off the line and you score a touchdown. That's what Notre Dame did. They were able to do that throughout the game. The problem is Notre Dame doesn't have receivers, and they—I don't know if they like. I love Ian Book, but mm-hmm. there's not—they don't stretch the ball downfield. I don't know if it's Ian Book or if the receivers. I guess we're gonna or find Tommy out. Reese. I don't think it's Tommy Reese. I think this is this is as good of as a game plan as you were gonna like, as he could call with. You need to win the game by converting third and two after third and two after third. Yeah, and two. no, but also just like throughout the season, like this is what we did. Yeah, you can't really, you can't change it up, especially when you're playing a team like this. Yeah, I was not impressed with Alabama's defense, but the thing is, like Alabama's defense, I, I Golden's going to go, like Pete Golden's getting fired. Okay, this year, like I, 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 this is the first time I like really went in depth on Alabama because we had this game, so I was looking yeah. at it a lot. Most most people think he's gone. Okay. And it makes sense because the reason Notre Dame moved the ball so much more successfully on Alabama than they did against Clemson was the, the defensive scheme was just not great. The, the reason why Notre Dame couldn't score is because for them to score, they have to consistently execute on play after play after play when going against five stars, when you can't throw the ball because Sotain and Job are two five-star mm-hmm. quarter, quarterbacks shutting down Javon McKinley and Ben Skoran. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a matchup you win very often. Right. You have a great offensive line, but you're also going up against five stars, so they're going to eventually get to the quarterback. They, I think they only had one sack, but still, like, that, that's, like a, that's a tough matchup to consistently win and consistently run on. And then also when you can't stretch the field, they bring the safety in against Clemson. We'll get to Ohio State Clemson, but when Notre Dame played Clemson, they got seven, eight guys in the box every possession. Yep. Against Ohio State, they've got four or five. Yep. And Ohio State ran the ball on them because they could throw the ball deep. Notre Dame can't throw the ball deep. Yeah. 
Um, defensively, they held Alabama to a, as low a scoring output as you can expect. Yeah, this is the low for Alabama since 2018 when they lost to Clemson in the national championship game. Um, Brian Kelly said after the game, they this is they this is how they think they're going to be able to win. Do you think they need to make any change? Like, what changes could they possibly make other than, as we mentioned earlier, changing their entire culture and paying five-star athletes? Well, it's, what can you do? It's recruiting. It, it's no name has to recruit better. I think Brian Kelly knows recruit that. He, better or recruit different? Better. Okay, that's really hard to do because they do recruit no, no, top no, no, 10 no, no, classes but, but you year don't, in year out. You, they don't recruit, like, I know they don't recruit like Alabama and Clemson. No, 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 no. I'm no, not saying that. But okay, go ahead. you have to. So there's there's a certain amount of five stars every year. Yes. That Notre Dame can get Michael Mayer, five yep. star. Kyle Hamilton, five star. These are guys you can get that can come to Notre Dame, and you can see because Notre Dame doesn't have that many five stars. Like you see Michael Mayer, this guy is a freshman, and you see him making plays, and you go, "Whoa!" Yeah. Right? Like you watch you watch him out there. Yeah, he's, he's really amazing. good. You see Kyle Hamilton, he's a sophomore, and you go, "Whoa!" Yeah. Like. Notre Dame needs guys like that because they're it's a scheme. Like yeah. Notre Dame is a very well coached team. They don't turn the ball over. They don't commit penalties. Yeah. They they're players that you can get, and you have to win those battles. So like this year, they went all in on Will Shipley. Okay. Five star running back. Uh, Clemson ended up winning. Okay. That's what they have to do. That they and they are gonna have to win those battles because they they're not gonna they they they're never gonna compete. Like honestly. Clemson barely competes with Alabama and Ohio State's recruiting. Yeah. Like, if you look at the um, the blue chip percentage, 83 for Alabama, 80% for Ohio State, and Clemson is all the way down at 63% blue hmm. chippers, which I didn't know, but it was kind of interesting to look at that. Georgia's probably up there also. Yeah, Georgia is. What about, um, what about just recruiting – more athletic guys, like maybe not well, looking at the it, 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 so it, dig into Florida and get the three star, the it, track star. That so, so this is the open thing the game up. Is what this is kind of my opinion, and I think a lot of Notre Dame fans have this opinion. So, what uh, Cal or what Weiss did mm-hmm. was Weiss came in and he got a really good quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and then he recruited like wide receivers, and he just recruited people mm-hmm. that are like high ranking. They didn't have to fit. Like elite athletes. Yes. They didn't and then the thing was they went to northern Indiana yep. in the freezing cold yep. to a Catholic school that has very very tough academics. And they, they floundered and they transferred out and the team fell apart. Yeah. And then Brian Kelly came in and he goes, Okay, we need to fix this. And so he, he fixed that, he started to get the better players, and he they got to twenty twelve and they faced Alabama and they realized how far behind they are. Yeah. The next thing he did was they started to recruit on offense, and in 2015, is probably the most talented Notre Dame team there has been in the Brian Kelly era. Okay. Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback, Will Fuller at receiver, Jalen Smith on defense. That team was really good. The offensive line had Quentin Nelson, um, who's the who's the center for Dallas? Oh, uh, Zeke. Martin? Yeah, Zeke Martin. Like, that was a really good team, but the problem was they had Brian Van Gordon. And Brian Van Gorder ruined that team. So then in 2016, Notre Dame kind of fell apart. All these, like, good players, good athletes, it, it fell apart, and they went 4-8. and eight. And then Brian Kelly goes, okay, like, I've got my job. I've got to win. Mm-hmm. So he builds a team that can win. He recruits for culture. Mm-hmm. He's recruiting for fit. 
and he builds on the offensive line and the defensive line, and the offensive line and defensive line are there. The defensive line is not – the defensive line could be better. But it, it's good enough to stop the run. Like, they – Najee Harris, Alabama, ran for 125 yards. But it was, like – A lot of it was on that big – A lot of that was run. the big run. And a lot of it – they didn't run right at Notre Dame. They couldn't. They uh, Most of the time when they ran, when they needed a third and two, they ran outside. Yeah. Um, so, they, they built the culture now. And now you have to build athletes. You have to recruit athletes yeah. for the culture because – when you're going to face Alabama, you can't just – you have to play a perfect game to win with this type of roster. Yep. And Notre Dame didn't play the perfect game. And I, I told, I talked to you about this. If Notre Dame played the perfect game in this game, the score is – so it's 14-0, Notre Dame scores. 14-7, Alabama scores, 21-7. Mm-hmm. You get a stop right before halftime. Mm-hmm. You kick the field goal. It's 21-10. Mm-hmm. Then Notre Dame drives down on the – they get the stop to start half. They're driving down the field. Ian Book throws a pick. Mm-hmm. You can't throw a pick there. you got to get some type of points. Mm-hmm. So it's 21-13. Alabama scores 28-13. Notre Dame's driving down again, and they score a touchdown, but it's called back for a legal shift. Mm-hmm. You've got you've to score there. Mm-hmm. That's 28-20. Alabama drives down, kicks a field goal, 31-20. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame scores on the last drive like they do. 31-28, and they get the onside kick. They have hope there. They have life. That's exact, that, that doesn't require that much change. That's, no, you're right. You make a field goal. You don't have a turnover. Yep. And, and you – The you, uh, touchdown is not called yeah. back by a penalty. I got you. So, like – but that, that's the only way you beat this Alabama team. And it, that's why they play the game like this, because you have to shorten the game. You, The more opportunities you give Alabama to score, the more they're going to score. Right. Like that, And that's how they want to play, too. Yeah. Part, more, like, part of the reason why this game is low scoring is to Notre Dame play tight in possession. And then the other part is because Alabama, like, when they're up, they couldn't just run the ball on them. Yep. Um, do you think Alabama's better than – Clemson was. I know you were. Uh, you didn't believe that coming in. I don't know. The thing is, Alabama's defense held Notre Dame to fourteen points, and is worse than Clemson's defense. Okay, and it's still a top ten defense in college football. Yes, but the the, the thing as as like I mentioned is when Notre Dame players got into space, Alabama made tackles. When one on one, they were able to make tackles. But their scheme is not good. The, the, Notre Dame was able to scheme people open. They were able to scheme first downs. Yep. Like Tommy Reese outcoached Pete Golding. But Pete Golding had way better players. And they were able to get the stops. Did you ever But feel- Alabama's offense was Yeah. Go ahead. Their their offense was just so good. Did you ever feel like Notre Dame had a chance to win this game? Like really, Colin? There there's there's about two places in this game that I had any hope. Mm-hmm. 21-7 when we're driving before the half. Mm-hmm. I thought if we scored there. And here's another thing. On a crossing route, right, on that drive, hits Ben Skronik. Ben Skronik has a one-on-one with a, uh, with the, with a freshman cornerback. Mm-hmm. He breaks that tackle, goes off and scores a touchdown. It's 21-14. 
that's like you need a wide receiver that can do that because yeah. you, Notre Dame doesn't have explosive offense. Yep. Alabama's offense could score at any second Whenever because they they're, they're they're so explosive. Yep. So Devontae Smith had three touchdowns. When, yeah. When when they're driving like that, I had a little hope. And then when he, when they got the stop at coming out of halftime and they get the ball back and they're driving, I had a little hope. When Ian booked through that pick, I knew it was over. Alabama moves on pretty convincingly, and they will play Ohio State in the stunner. Ohio State defeats Clemson 49-28. Do you have any other takeaways from Alabama and Notre Dame before we move on to the Ohio State-Clemson game? Nope. Not really. Alabama's offense is really good. I'm not that impressed with Mac Jones. Uh, I think I, I what I thought for most of the season is that Mac Jones is a, a game good, manager, a good quarterback with in a freakish talent in a, in a great system. And watching in person, he didn't make any great throws. He just threw the ball, and Alabama made plays. Is that how you feel about Justin Fields with Ohio State? I think it's a little different. Do you want to you want to you want to talk about this game? You're the big Big Ten guy. You you had this game sure. pegged. So yeah, I, I like Ohio State plus seven and a half because I just think that they it was a good revenge spot, right? They they felt like they were the better team than Clemson last year. And they lost that game. They came back this year. They were given a second chance. They weren't at full health. They still had some COVID issues on on the O line and the D line, but they recruit at as high level as they, higher than Clemson and as high level as Alabama. Like they have a real unbelievably talented athletes and we've talked all season if Justin Fields has time and you're not getting pressure on him in the backfield he can be as elite as it gets at the quarterback position and for whatever I don't know why Clemson didn't try to bring pressure on him I don't know if they thought they'd be able to get there with four they couldn't um and he had time he made the throws and once Justin Justin Fields is a rhythmic quarterback once he gets into a rhythm he is exceptional and that's what happened. He got into a rhythm, and he all of a sudden he was confident without – I mean, forget the rib issue. He was just unbelievably good. Um, I mean, what else can you say? Like, it was a really impressive performance. I mean, I was I was really impressed with the line play from Ohio State. Like, But they, they've had a good O-line pretty much all season. I think Yeah, but, but having a good O-line against Northwestern and Indiana <laughs> is very different than having a good line against O-line against Clemson. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, Notre Dame couldn't run the ball on Clemson, and they ran the ball on Alabama. But the, the, the difference is that when Notre Dame played Clemson, Clemson kept their safeties, safeties up to the line. They couldn't do that because Justin Fields beat them deep all the time. Yeah. And Chris Olave burned them. Notre Dame needs a receiver like Chris Olave. And Ohio State has plenty of them, right? Yes. It's not just Olave. It's uh, – it's Garrett Wilson. It's Jackson Smith. I don't mean to try to pronounce it. Um, they just have freakish athletes, and they also ran the ball effectively. Well, yeah, that's sure. what they—that—that's they, what I'm talking about. They—they like yeah. they yeah, beat them true. deep so they could run the ball because Clemson couldn't. I mean, Lewandowski is a big loss, but they also their D line eight. I know Clemson's offensive line. The line, and I've known we've known that we've known that Clemson's offensive, offensive line was not great all year. Yeah. But the one thing they were pretty good at was pass protection. Yeah. They never could really run the ball, but they were pretty good at pass protection. They were the, the Ohio State D-line showed kind of kind of showed me how far behind Notre Dame's defensive line is because they just blew those guys up. Well, no, I think year in and year out Ohio State has one of the best defensive yes, lines. But I, I hadn't known they were this good this year. 
and they were missing two of their starters on the D line, which is all the more, all the crazier about it. And it's going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm waiting, I'm really waiting to place a bet to find out like what the deals with, with these guys, like is Tyler Friday back is, is Zach Harrison back? Like that's huge um, for Ohio state defensively, especially trying to get pressure on Mac Jones, who we know is not the most mobile. Not mobile. Um, were you underwhelmed by Clemson? I was underwhelmed by Clemson. I mean, this is, they, they kind of folded. Like once Ohio state got control of the game, Clemson didn't really make it. Well, it was really that 21-0 second quarter. Right, but Clemson, you come to expect Dabo. And I don't even – some people don't think Dabo's a very good coach. They think he's just a an elite recruiter and motivator. And manager. And CEO. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got great – he's got great coordinators. The thing here is, like, if Dabo leads on his coordinators, which a lot of people think yeah, he was without one of his coordinators here. Yeah, and I mean they put up twenty eight points, but you got to put up. I don't know. I, I I really think it was the 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 line performance. Ohio State's offensive line and defensive line was incredibly impressive in this game, and that's like that that was my biggest takeaway was when I saw Ohio State's pass rush just eating alive the Clemson offensive line. I was I was shocked. I, I did not expect that coming into this game. And I, I don't know if that's – I underestimated Ohio State or maybe my Notre Dame bias overestimated Clemson. I think you ex- – I think, at least for me, I expected Clemson to come out in the second half and just make it – at least try to make it interesting. That's the thing that was most surprising, in my opinion. Like, you got Trevor Lawrence in the number one pick. You got Davos Swinney. He's obviously one of the best head coaches in college football got Travis Etienne, you've got Amari Rogers, Cornell Powell. You've got all these big names, and you've got a really good defense even without Skowski. Like, I mean, yeah, Skowski's like the main cog. Um, but Classic Skowski, man. This guy's been ejected for targeting twice in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I just – I was surprised that Clemson didn't put up more of a fight in the second half. I I'm, wasn't that surprised once I saw the – Do you really think Ohio State is just that much better than Clemson? Well, so the thing is the line play, like – Clemson couldn't come back because Trevor Lawrence didn't have any time. And also, this is the worst receiving crop Clemson has had in a long time. Yep. Like, Cornell Powell and Amari Rogers are good receivers for most teams, but, mm-hmm. like, Clemson's had much better. Yeah. Also kind of goes to the uh, wide receivers in the new D-line. Like, who are the two teams with the worst wide receivers in the playoffs? Yeah, Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah. And both teams got beaten pretty handily. Uh, but also because if you can give Trevor Lawrence time, he can put the ball into spots where they can score. And the one thing about Clemson throughout this entire year is, like, I've watched a lot of their games, and a lot of the time I haven't been that impressed. I wasn't impressed against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed against Boston College. I mean, I wasn't impressed when they played Notre Dame. The Pitt game and the West and Virginia Tech game also, like, the Virginia Tech game, I did not like the final score was 45 10 and they covered. But throughout that game, they looked just kind of shaky. Like they 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 got yeah. turnovers and they that's how they scored. And because you can't make mistakes against a team it's good at Clemson, but right. like that that whole game seems shaky to me. So it seems to me like you have now changed your mind. You are you're not so certain on Clemson, more impressed with Ohio State. Going into the college football playoff national championship game presented by AT&T. 
Alabama minus seven and a half against Ohio State. What are you thinking? What are you leaning? This is really tough because, yes, I'm impressed with Ohio State. And, honestly, the Alabama line, O-line minus um, Dickerson, right? The center? Yep. Uh, yep. Dickerson. Wasn't that impressive to me. They, like. They, they didn't really run the ball that well. I know Notre Dame has a great defense, and Clark Lee is a genius. Mm-hmm. But they, they didn't run the ball that well, and Notre Dame's D-line, which couldn't get any pressure against Alabama – or against Clemson, was able to get to Mac Jones a little bit, and Mac Jones is not mobile at all. But the other on the other hand, I'm looking at it, and I go, Justin Fields – is Justin Fields going to go 22 for 28 with 385 yards and six touchdowns? Again, no, no, he's not. This but guy, you think the Clemson defense is better than the Alabama defense, and he just did it against the Clemson defense. And why can't he do it against the Alabama? Because defense? it's it, it's it's a law of averages, right? Well, okay, you're gonna revert back to the mean eventually. Yeah, but the mean is still really good for him. Like he's, the, he's, I know we hate mean, on him yeah, a lot. Yeah, but I he's, know. He's the mean an is still exceptional quarterback. Yes, the mean is still very good. I mean, he's gonna be a first round draft. Yes, the mean is still very good, but it's not this good. And when you look at like you can score. On Alabama, their their defense is very susceptible to be scored on, but they had teams that are able to score on them. Yeah, and none of those teams were able to stop their offense. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm 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 leaning Ohio State right now. Yeah, it's nice because you had the hook there. I, I lean Ohio State too. I, the problem is, is like I don't want Alabama to lose. Yeah, one. Um, the problem for me is Fields. I kind of like the idea of hedging, like on this. Like the line is is the money big line enough, is thick yeah. enough where it's like I can hedge and still make a pretty comfortable yeah. profit and just kind of enjoy a great game. Yeah, and then just bet the over for fun. You know what I mean? And just yeah. like fuck around. I think the I'm gonna bet I'm gonna be on the over 100%. just for fun. Right? No, no, no. no. For you, think, you think over seventy five is a good play? Yes. Why? Because look at these teams. Like, like these offenses. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like Alabama's defense is not great. They're going to be able to – Ohio State's going to be able to run the ball. They can run the ball on Clemson. They can run the ball on Alabama. And, I mean, I don't think Fields is going to have this good a game, but Olave is still going to be running open. And, the like, Ohio State's defense is pretty good and, and can get pressure. But Alabama's offensive line is massive. And you don't have to – like, you don't have to – it doesn't take very much time to throw the ball to Devontae Smith. Yeah, running across the middle. It's not that hard. Yeah, if I float the ball up there, there was one play. It was about Mac Jones got hit. I saw it, and it was about it like flew. twenty yards up in the air, and Devontae Smith just climbed the ladder up and grabbed it. Yeah. Um. Plus two thirty money line. Plus two thirty five. I gotta think about it. I think you should hedge. Yeah, I mean, just to make, just because. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't. Just watching that last Ohio State game, like the performance was so dominant that I'm gonna have to do all the math on it and everything. Anyway, the thing, the thing, the thing about though is when Vegas sets a line and when you're gambling and when you're looking at something like this, like they don't set a line predicting exactly what the score is gonna be. They're predicting what could happen. So like, there's realm of possibility where Clemson could have blown out Ohio State. There's a realm where Ohio State could have blown them out and. What happened was Ohio State blew them out, out. But does that mean 
that next time Ohio State plays Alabama, they're going to blow them up. Like they, yeah. Alabama can blow out Ohio State. Right. It's very possible that happens. Right. Right. Which is why it, it's like I don't know if I want to hedge or not. But anyway, wait, that's my own issue. Um, 75 is a lot of points in a game where it's going to be well scouted. Like if we're looking at the over, it's still a lot. Of it, it's a ton of points. It means we're talking about what, like a 42-35 type game? Here, here's the thing, though. When I when I, when I I said that, like I haven't done any research on this, but yeah. just thinking is Alabama's offense is good enough to score on anybody. Yeah. And Alabama's defense can get scored on by anybody, anybody good. Yeah, Florida and, got them for 46. And Ohio State is good. Like, I'm not – if Alabama had a good defense or was well-coached, I think they could blow out Ohio State because I think they could get to fields and then they're not going to be able to stop them. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, they're not – like, they're not going to be able to do that because their defense isn't that well-coached and they have really good talent. But I there's going to be enough opportunities for Ohio State to score. And, like, I don't care how good Ohio State's defense is. They're not going to be shutting down Alabama. And both teams, yeah, both teams are explosive. And that'll be that's the bet you want. Yeah, you want explosive. Yeah, and you want to be rude for that. Yeah, Uh, I'm going to have to think about what I want to do. Um, Do you think Ohio State? The only thing that gives me pause on that is like we've seen how well Ohio State's running the ball. Like they can run the ball that successfully on Alabama. Notre Dame ran the ball on Alabama, and when you play Notre Dame, you really the thing that I think though is. Clemson was clearly stacking the box, and I, I was re-watching the game, and Alabama was also stacking the box. Yeah. So, like, if Alabama's stacking the box and Notre Dame's still running on them, like, that run game is very suspect. Yeah. And Dylan Moses has really had a very bad year this year. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Ohio State can also beat you deep, so, like, you can't stack the box. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. Can't wait. We'll be back for the championship review and some other final things that we've got for our uh, season recap. Um, right now, I think we're both leans on Ohio State plus seven and a half. Uh, I guess that means we end in a freaking tie. Is that right? We're both, we both lean Ohio State plus yeah. the points and the over. <laughs> we'll take the tie, um, and uh, you know, hopefully we do better as a whole next year. It, you know what would be fitting? It would be fitting for a couple consensus plays with Ohio State and the over to – to Damn. cash and and we could feel good about ourselves leaving leaving the year. Yeah, that would be nice. Anyway, that is a wrap for us. Hook and ladder podcast, college football playoff national championship Monday night. We'll be back next week. Until then, enjoy yourselves watching college basketball and uh, enjoy the show Monday night. Peace out. See it. Thank you.